Amen. Dr. Shetler, you come. Amen. If you were here Friday night and all day yesterday, would you stand right now? You've been here for the whole thing, Friday night and all day yesterday. Hey, that's great. Good to see you. Pastor said he was going to give each of you $100. So, amen. I'm not sure on that or not, but have a seat. That's great. Some of you were able to make it Friday and not Saturday. Some of you made it Saturday and not Friday. But uh, I'm thankful for all of those that have been really faithful uh, as well. Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Kings chapter number 3. Now, we're going to go back to the family this morning. We're going to see families uh, dedicate their babies to the Lord. By the way, I'm sure Pastor's going to mention this. But technically, it is not a baby dedication. Technically, it is a parent dedication they should have already dedicated their children to the Lord. Now, we did this, I pastored for 25 years, and every year we had what was called a baby dedication. And uh, I understand that this is when they bring the little bambinos in, you know, and they, before the church, and they give the, they give it over to, you know, they, they dedicate their child to the Lord. And, and I'm all for that. But let me share this with you for just a moment. This is a big deal for Liberty Baptist Church. And I'm going to tell you why. Not only is mom and dad coming this morning to dedicate their child to the Lord, but church, given all things, you're going to be those little babies, nursery workers, Sunday school teachers, deacons. You're going to be the leadership that's going to guide those little babies Guess who else is getting dedicated today? Liberty Baptist Church. You're saying today, hey, we want to come alongside of you, mom and dad, and we want to help you in raising and training that child for the glory of God. So in a way, we're not just, it's not just about this little baby. It's about mom and dad today, and it's about all of you today. That, and you congratulate them and tell them, you know what, I'm going to be praying for your child. I'm going to be praying for both of you, that your marriage and that your family will be one that's centered in the Lord. And we're going to give you some things about the family in the morning worship, but it's called Sunday school. So what do you do at school? You learn. And we're going to learn something really cool today. I mean, really cool. Take your Bibles and look at 1 Kings chapter number 3. 1 Kings chapter number 3. Now, I just have a feeling that Pastor Caleb inherited this platform. Because this is too high for me. This has got to be way too high for him. And uh, so I am farsighted, and uh, this is difficult for me. I, I didn't bring my reading glasses because I'm usually a little further away from my text. But hopefully I'll, I'll be able to do this. Now, I did not mention one thing about the books on the table since Friday night. I didn't say anything Friday night. I didn't say anything um, yesterday. And there's a reason. I wanted to talk about it today, about this Sunday school. Now, this isn't a, com a commercial. This is a resource, a help. I don't get a penny from any of this. We have with me today three devotional books. We're going to talk about having devotions today. We're going to talk about being in God's Word every day and how important that is. Some of you are not in a habit of doing that. Some of you also were doing a family week 
One of the greatest things we did as a family was we got around God's word. It wasn't long, probably 8 to 12 minutes every day. We got, along, uh, we got alongside God's word, and we just had a family altar time every day. And we did the book of Proverbs, but that's beside the point. We did something every day. This could be great for family altar. This might be really good for you individually. I have three of these. This one, if you have ever served in the military, or you are in the military right now as a reservist or active military, or if you've ever served in the military, would you raise your hand? Do we have... Okay, okay, we got a lot. We have men and women. Good, we got a lot. This is 365 devotionals, boots on the ground. And it was a military man that wrote these, and they're like military devotions for like every day. If you know somebody that's going into the military, what a great devotional book for that. It's called Boots on the Ground, and uh, it's a really good one for anyone. Not anyone can use those, okay? But uh, it's really for veterans, military, they may really enjoy that. I have uh, this one here, 365 devotionals. It's called Disciple One Devotional for Every Day. There's a little passage of scripture. There's a good nugget. There's a good truth. I encourage you for that one. This one I really like. It's called Revival Today. It's 365 devotionals that Dr. Getch, our executive vice president, put together. And they have to do with somewhere in the world on that date, there was a revival. There was something that happened over the historical times. Most of these are in the last 100 years, but 100 to 200 to 300 years, the last 300 years, uh, he took every day of the year of a revival that was going on and then did a devotional for that. And it's really a great one. It's called Revival Today. On the back of all of them, it says $14.95. I'm going to sell these today for $10 because I'm preaching on this today. I want you to get into the Word. I want you to begin to every day of your life have a time where you hear from God. If you haven't been doing anything, this could be a help. This also could be good for your families as well. So I've got those back there, and I'll sell each of those for, for $10. Are you all in 1 Kings chapter 3? All right, all right, don't look at it, don't look at it. Everyone look up this way. So I have a question for you. Raise your hand and give me the answer, all right? Dr. Scheller, is this another one of your trick questions? Yep, yep, yep. We had a good one yesterday. Are men and women equal? What did we learn yesterday? We learned that they're not, but we learned that they, they're equal in value, worth, and importance, men and women are equal, but they're not equal in role, responsibility, and function. If you missed, you missed a good one yesterday, okay. All right, so this is a kind of another, a little bit of a trick question, but don't worry about it. What did, God came to, to, to Solomon, third king of Israel, and he says to Solomon, whatever you want, Solomon, I will give you. Raise your hand and tell me, or shall we do it another way? This will be really fun. Everyone together, what did Solomon ask for? He, God said you could have anything you want. And Solomon asked for wisdom. No. 
That's not what he asked for. Let's look at 1 Kings chapter 3. Everyone always says that, but let's get technical, let's get biblical, and I'm telling you that's not what he asked for. So here it is. Look at verse 3. And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of David his father. So look at verse 5. And at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. Wow. Imagine that. God, the God of the universe, the creator of all things, says, Solomon, what do you want? Solomon says, look at verse 7, And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father. And I, I'm a little child. I, I know not how to go out or, or come in. By the way, he wasn't a little child. But this, I think, is a great reference to his, the way that he viewed himself in, humbly. Like, you know what? I don't know how to do this king thing. I, I don't know how to go in and go out. I don't know how to make decisions. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen, is a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Okay, now he's going to, verse 9, he's going to, this is what he's going to ask for. You ask anyone that knows the Bible, and you ask him, what did Solomon ask for? Everyone will say wisdom. But I'm going to teach you something today that is so cool. That is not what Solomon asked for. He will get, as a result of what he asked for, he will get wisdom. But that is not what he asked for. And what he asked for is huge. I want to begin with a word of prayer, and we'll read verse 9. Father, my prayer is bold, but I believe my prayer is what you would want. In the name of Christ, I pray that every individual in this auditorium this week will spend time alone with you in your word that every day this week they will hear from you. My faith is if everyone in here for one week spends time alone in your word and hears from you, that Lord, they'll do it another week. So Lord, I pray that there will be commitments made. I pray that all of us, Father, we still live in a country that the Word of God, we can have access to it without any cause of threat or danger. We don't know if that's going to be the case in another five years. We better know the Word. We better hear from you while we have the freedom to have the Word. Lord, I ask that everyone would make a commitment to spend time in your word this week. And Lord, if some of these people, and I would imagine there's definitely some that do it, may they go deeper, may they spend more time, may they, may they study deeper than they ever have before. May this be an incredible week of personal time that they hear from you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And God's people said... All right, here we go. Verse 9. What did he ask for? You go, I, okay. And understand. Okay, let's read. 
Give therefore thy servant and everyone together, what's the next word? Understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad. Boy, is that going to be important in a moment. For who is able to judge this day so great a people? Oh, boy. And the speech pleased the Lord. And Sol- uh, uh, that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto him, Hey, because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast thou asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemies, but has asked for thyself understanding to discern. And the word discern is the same word understanding in verse 9. It's exactly the same Hebrew word. I'm going to tell you what that word is in just a minute. It's understanding to discern judgment. Isn't that interesting? That whole passage, the word wisdom is not even mentioned. The two major words that you get out of that is understanding and discernment. And that's what he asked for. But now, Clayton, you're going to love this. What is the word for understanding? There is a passage in the Bible that is the dearest passage to all Jews. If you are Jewish and you're in here today, and now maybe you're a Messianic believer, you now believe in that Christ is your Messiah. But if you're Jewish, there is a passage that you memorized when you were a little kid. All I don't care if they're Reformed Jews, Orthodox Jews, all Jews memorized this passage as the very first passage of Scripture that they put in. So let's turn to that passage really quick. Take your Bibles and turn to the Shema. Quickly, turn to the Shema. Pastor, I'm a little disappointed. Turn to the Shema. Y'all don't know where the Shema is? Okay, you don't have to turn to it. It's Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and 5. Here's what it says. Many of you are familiar with it. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one Lord. And then it says, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy mind, and thy soul. That is the Shema. Shema. Let's all practice that word because that's going to become very important. Everyone together? Shema. Okay, come on, Hebrew. Come on, Jews. Help me out here. Let's try that again. What's the word? Shema. What does the word mean? It's right there. The very first word in Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, O Israel. The word hear is the word Shema. Now what does hear mean? It means hear to obey. Okay, I, I, I got to get this because I'm going to need to do this. Somebody gives you some instructions. You get a new car or you get a new manual on something. You, you got to listen. You got to hear because you're going to have to do something with what you're going to hear. You, you all with me? 
Hebrew word for that is what? Everyone together? Shema. What did Solomon ask for? Solomon did not ask for wisdom. He's going to get wisdom because he, he asked for the right thing. Well, it, it, he, he asked for an understanding heart. Yeah, and that word understanding is Shema. And it is the same word to discern in that same passage is Shema. You say, Brother Shalom, I'm not sure I'm following you right now. Yeah, I know. And that's why we lack so much discernment in our Christian lives today. We don't know what to do, what to purchase, how to raise our kids. We don't, because we, we haven't been Shema. It means to hear from God in order to obey what God is going to say. I need, God, if you're going to give me one thing, I'll tell you what I need. I need a Shema heart so that I can hear from you, so that I will know what is good, your perspective on something, and what is bad. I'm going to have to cut some things up here. I'm going to have to dissect. If I'm going to be a king, I'm going to have to know what's right, and I'm going to have to know what's wrong. And I'm going to need a heart that hears from you every day. Are you catching this? What did Solomon ask for? Give me a heart that listens to you and obeys what you say. So, if you haven't put two and two together yet, let me help you. It is not how much you know about this book. It is not how many verses you can quote. It's all about how many verses you're living. It's all about what you're doing with the Word of God, not what you know about the Word of God. So, some of you are going, oh, we've heard some messages on having devotions. Come on, we're not like little kids. We know we got to read the Bible every day, and bless you. Bless you. But, you know, we got to read the Bible every day. We know all that stuff. But I got to tell you, we've had other things. No, 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 guys. It's not about reading the Bible. It's not about memorizing the Bible. It's about living the Bible. And this is what we're not doing in our Christianity today. We're not living and applying the Word of God. Matter of fact, Liberty Baptists, there is probably a ton of Bible knowledge in this room. But that does not necessarily mean you're a mature believer in Christ. It is not how much you know from the Word. It is what you have lived from the Bible. You say, wow, you got another passage? I do. Take your Bible and turn to Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. This is amazing. Hebrews chapter 5. Now, I don't know Liberty Baptists really at all. But I'm just telling you, as I travel around, and then I'm at West Coast Baptist College, 500 college students, I'm going to tell you right now, 
This is probably the biggest need in our co- Our college students know the Bible. Just not sure they're living it every day. All right, listen to this. Hebrews chapter 5. This is, wow, is this powerful. Hebrews chapter 5, look at verse 11. Of whom we have many things to say. Oh, the author of Hebrews says, wow, there are so many things I would love to teach you. But listen to this. Of whom, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. Of whom we have many things to say, but you know what? It's hard to be uttered. Oh, it's not that we don't know the language, okay? It said, seeing ye are dull of everyone together. What's the last word? Hearing. Oh, it's not that you're not, it's not, it, it, it's not that you're dull. Nobody in here is stupid. Nobody in here has got a low IQ. Everyone here, you can tell, has got it going mentally, all right? But you're dull of hearing the word, of applying the word. Look at the next verse. Oh, man, what an indictment. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you. Look at the next word again. You know, you've been saved long enough. Okay, so I know you, I, I know, you know where I'm headed with this, and I know some of you are going like, I don't really want to stand up, but we're going to do it. How many of you have been saved? You have had a personal relationship with Christ for more than five years. Stand up. You've been saved for more than five years. Stand up. You know Jesus, and you've been saved for more than five years. Stand up. Okay? Remain standing if you've been saved for more than 10 years. You've known Christ for more than 10 years. Remain standing. Uh Uh-oh. 15. 20. How many of you have been saved for more than 20 years? 25. 30. How many of you in this room have been saved for more than 35 years? 40. 45 years. How many of you have been saved for 50 years? By the way, I'm still standing too. I got saved 1969, Kalamazoo, Michigan, November 8th. My spiritual birthday's coming up. Thank you. You may be seated. Now listen. We've always took joy in being able to stand for a long time. Like, yeah, Brother Scheller, I've been saved 10 years. Brother Scheller, I've been saved 25 years. Brother Scheller, I've been saved 40 years. You know what the biggest indictment to Jim Shetler is? Jim, you've been saved for 51 years. I've known Jesus Christ for 51 years. Boy, you must be a great Christian. Yeah, not nearly what I should be. Well, then you don't know the Bible very well. You know what? I'll put my Bible knowledge up with anybody. I think I have a very good handle of the Word of God. I do. You know what? It's not how much Shetler knows about the Bible. It's how much Shetler lives the Bible. Look at this. By the way, I haven't got to the big, the big, wait till you hear this. So he says, for when 
For the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. Yeah, you guys got to keep getting the milk all the time. Look what it says. And are become such as need of milk and not of strong meat. Pastor Caleb has not said anything to me about this church whatsoever. We haven't like, but I, I want to tell you this. If he's a normal pastor in a normal church, normal Bible-believing church, he probably struggles, you know, there's so many things I would like to stand up and share on a Sunday morning, but they'd choke on it. I got to give them milk because that's where they are spiritually. That's an indictment on us. Look at the next two verses. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. And I want to tell you, most churches, I'm talking Bible-believing churches in America today are full of babies. And you can tell because of the way that they react to each other. They get offended easy and they don't like this and, and they, they complain more about carpeting than they do about the preaching of God's word. You know, they're just a bunch of babes. Now look at verse 14. I'm going to give you a Greek word. You're going to love this. But strong meat. Mm, that's what we should be eating. Strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Wow. Is that a cool, those are two, that's one Greek word. Full age, mature, perfect. It is the word that Jesus cried on the cross. It is finished. It is perfected. It is complete. Full age. That's what we're supposed to be as Christians. We ought to be mature, complete, full. Them that are full age, even those. Now I need your help, Liberty, so help me out. Even those who by reason of use... Have their senses, everyone together. What's the next word? Have their senses what? What's the next word? Exercised. Guess what the Greek word is? You know it. Eat close. Gymnasial. You know what we get from that word? Gymnasium. The word gymnasium comes from that word exercised. What do you do in a gym? You work out. You exercise. You do reps. You train. Now think about this for just a moment. What if somebody in your church came up to you and said, hey, I haven't told anyone, but I've been a member of a gym, fitness, for six months. You have? You know, and you're thinking, you don't look like you've been a member of a gym for six months. Yeah, I've been a member of a gym for six months. I go to the gym every morning, 5.30 in the morning, spend an hour and a half there. And you're looking at this person going like, you spend an hour and a half in the gym for the last six, every day? I haven't missed a day in six months. I go every day to the gym. Um, wh what do you do? at the gym. What machines are you working on? <laughs> I don't work on any of the machines. 
pardon? No, no, I just walk around the gym. And I look at the machines. I see what they do. But I don't touch any of them. I haven't touched a machine since I've been there. Well, wait, wait, stop here. You go to a gym every morning at 5 30. I haven't missed one. One day in six months. And you stay there how long? Hour and a half. Hour and a half. I spend an hour and a half every day in the gym. But you never use any of the machines. No, I, I never use one. Would you think that's a little stupid? What a waste of... Brother Scheller, I read the Bible every day. How long? 30 minutes every day. I never miss a day. I read the Bible every day. What do you do with it? What do you mean? I read it every day. Well, do you exercise it? Do you use it? Oh, no, no. I, I have my time every morning, 6 to 6.30, I read the Bible every day. But it's never changed you. You've never taken it and used it and exercised it. Folks, it's not how much the Bible we know. It's how much we live the Bible, that we exercise what we say we know. We are struggling in our marriages. We are struggling in our families. We are struggling in our business. Because we're not exercising biblical principles in our life. Hey, let me give you another one real quick. Joshua chapter 1. You know this one. Joshua chapter 1. Wow, is this a powerful verse. Joshua chapter 1. Boy, Joshua's nervous. Boy, Moses has just died. And God says, hey, Moses is dead, but I'm not. And you're going to be the next leader of Israel. Well, man, he's going, man, I don't know. Be courageous, Joshua. You're going to be able to take this land. Look at it. I love verse 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous. Joshua chapter 1. That thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded. Now look at verse 8. Many of you are familiar with it. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Only time in the Bible that the word success is mentioned right there. What is the most important verse? Well, what is the most important word in that verse? What is the most important word in that verse? Anyone? What, what do you think? Observe. Good job on that one. That's not usually a normal answer for that. Most people say meditate. Now meditate's a cool word. Meditate's an agricultural word. It means to rumin, ruminate. You know what that means? Chew the cud. You got deer, you got cows, you got sheep. What do they do? They go out and they graze. And then in the morning they go out and eat the grass and they put it in a storage tank. And then they find another place and they'll stand or they'll lay down and they'll 
they'll bring it back up and they chew the cud. It's when they bring it back up and they ruminate on it that they get the nourishment from it. They, they chew the cud. Well, let me tell you, that's what the word meditate is. You get, wor- you get the word and you bring it back up and you chew on it all day long. And it becomes a part of your life. Now, this is so cool. Now, my brother back there said the word observe. And I really like that. I like the other word that's next door to it. Observe to do. It's kind of the same idea, but you hit it right on the head. In other words, gang, how do we get success? We don't get success by memorizing the Bible. We get success by living the Word of God. Now, let me tell you the biggest statement of this whole Sunday school lesson. God Okay, I know, there's, I, I know there's some disagreement here. It's okay, I, and I understand where you're going to go with this after I say this, but, but technically, God doesn't really bless a person. Oh no, Brother Scheller, the Bible's all full of God blesses this person. No, no, let me tell you what God blesses. God blesses his word. And whenever the word is done... He blesses the person who does his word. Okay, when I got saved, I was 12 years old. I was a Catholic kid, and I was, yeah, I was in a good, I was start, we were starting to visit this, this Baptist church from Detroit, and we were on a retreat uh, to Kalamazoo, Michigan. I'm 12 years old. I heard the gospel, and I applied the gospel. I asked Jesus. I did what the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But if any man receive him, he shall be uh, the sons of God. I did what the Bible says. And when I did what the Bible says, I got blessed. I got saved. I found something out. Whenever in my life I do what the Bible says, I get blessed. If I live according to the scriptures, God blesses me. Brother Shalek, can I ask a quick question? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. If somebody is unsaved, yeah, 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 keep coming. If somebody is unsaved and they don't even believe in God, yeah, 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 keep coming. And like they don't even believe the Bible, but they have a business and they run their business by biblical principles. They're lost. They're on their way to hell. Does God bless them? God blesses the principles. Doesn't matter who uses them. God blesses his word. Brother Shetler, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. What, what about a family? Yeah, let's talk about that for a minute. Okay, are you telling me somebody could be lost? They could be an atheist. They don't even believe in the existence of God. But they raised their children according to biblical... They, they taught their children to be honest. They taught their children to be hardworking. They taught their children... They don't even believe in the Bible. But there were principles that they used that are biblical. Will God bless that? Yes. God blesses his word. By the way, do we know Christian families that are on their way to heaven that have terrible families? 
Do we know Christians that are both saved have terrible marriages? Well, yeah. Why? Why doesn't God bless that marriage? They're both saved. God doesn't bless the marriage because they're not living by biblical principles. Folks, I want you to know something. Every day of my life, I read the scriptures. And I get what I call a takeaway. Never do I leave the Bible without something that I can use and take away and exercise for the day. And friend, I will tell you, you will never grow spiritually until you start getting in the Bible and you start getting God's word in you and you start exercising what God's word says. That's how you grow spiritually. You hear from God. What did Solomon ask for? He asked for wisdom. No, he did not. He asked for a Shema heart. God, I need to hear from you every day. And if I hear from you every day, I will know what is good and I will know what is bad. If I hear from you every day, I will know how to go in and I will know how to come out. I'll know how to act as a king. Lord, I've got to hear from you every day. So, I don't think we have to put one over the other. But all of us in this room understand the importance of prayer. We all know we need to pray more. But prayer is me talking to God. We need that. But in America today, and in our churches today, as much as we need prayer, can I tell you what else we need? Shema. We need to hear from God. We need to be hearing from God on what to do. Some of you are coming into a major purchase. Some of you are raised, trying to raise kids. Some of you are coming into some major decisions in your life. And you're going, wow, I don't have a clue. Now listen to this. You all know this verse, I think. James 1.5. It is the most quoted verse in the entire Bible in my office. No verse has ever been quoted more in my office than James 1.5. You know what James 1.5 says? If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally. I never start a counseling session. Anyone comes and sees me, I say, and they tell me what their situation is. Hey, before we go any further, let's take a moment and pray. Because what you're, what you're saying to me, I don't have the wisdom for, but I know who does. There is no verse that I've ever quoted more in counseling than James 1.5. If any man lack wisdom, well, that would be me, let him ask of God who giveth to all men liberally. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. And I'll bow my head and I'll say, Lord... I don't know how to help this young lady. God, I do not know how to help this man. But Father, you do, and I pray for wisdom right now. I need to hear from you to give me what I need for this person. I pray that, I, I pray that 15 times a week. Whatever, how many ever counseling times I have? Listen to me. 
You need wisdom from God in 2021 in Toledo, Ohio. There is so many things going on. In the last two weeks, I have been told about medical procedures that border on ethic things. I'm not going to get into what they were. And people have asked me, do you think it's okay to have this procedure? Hey, we're all going to have to make some decisions about vaccines. We're going to all have to make decisions coming down the pipe. Hey, I'm not going to stand here and tell you, this is what you need to do. You need to get in the God's word and you need to find out what God's word says and guide you and direct you in what you're going to do because it's going to have consequences. Whatever you decide, it's going to have major consequences. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he who condemneth not himself in, in, in that which he alloweth. You've got to have a Bible basis to go, wow. Now i got to tell you, this will tell you a little bit about me. I'm getting old. So I have driven now from the Hampton Inn that I'm staying at. Thank you. It's a beautiful Hampton Inn. Over to here six times. Do you think I know how to get here yet? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't like the traffic at Toledo either. And I don't like your stoplights at all. But anyway, that's, besides, that's another point. If I don't use this tonight, you're probably going to have to have another speaker. I really don't. I think I got the Secor Street. I think I got, I, I, I think I could get back. But I have gone six times from Hampton into here, and I don't know how to get here yet. And you'd say, Brother Shiloh, you got problems. I know, but I do have an answer to my problems. I got a GPS. So I do have an answer. And guys, we have an answer. And it's our GPS. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Some of you are going through major things in your life. Medically, financially, emotionally. Some of you are all stressed out. I may be preaching tonight, stop freaking out. That may be the title. I think I'm going to preach my stop freaking out message tonight. Christians are so anxious and stressed out. You know what we need? We need to not only know the Bible, we need to do the Bible. So get a set time this week. Get a find a set place. By the way, those are two really important things. Set time, set place every day where you'll spend time alone listening, Shema, listening to God to get something that you're going to use. If you've never done this before, start in the book of Proverbs. Whatever day, tomorrow will be the 25th. Go to Proverbs 25 and read Proverbs. There's 31 Proverbs. 31 chapters in Proverbs. There's one for every day of the month in Proverbs. Read a Proverbs a day. You'll get so, you'll be things you don't understand, but there'll be so much stuff you do understand. And then ask questions, and here's a key, and I'm done. Look up words. The key to Bible study is the definition of words. When I began to define words 
And I began to, under, I didn't know what I was reading. So I had to look up words. And some of those King James words, now the King James Bible is the most accurate translation. I'm, gonna, I'm not throwing away my King James. But I don't know what brutish means. Whist. He wists not that the power, what is that all about? I got to look stuff up. I want the most accurate Bible we can have, and that's our King James Bible in the English language. But I got to look up words every day of my life. I've got to define words. I've defined four words. By the way, how about that word Shema? Wasn't that the coolest thing in the world? I always thought Solomon asked for wisdom. No, he did not. He asked for a heart that would hear from God every day. That's what he asked for. And that's what we should ask for as well. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed.